We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you lovely souls and my good, good friends. Thanks for being here today on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. Yes, relationships can certainly be confusing and complicated, even and maybe especially after we think we've manifested true love and are happily ever after. But what comes next? There is no sequel. Often, despite our most sincere intentions and our willingness to do anything to make love last, relationships fail. And I don't know about you, but for me, that is what has brought me to my knees and been some of the most painful and heart-wrenching experiences of my life. To quote my guest today, we can't always choose what hits us in our lives, but even though it may not feel like it, we can make the choice to heal through our challenges. Wonderful wisdom indeed. So the choice to heal is the very important subject we are going to be talking about today with my expert guest and good friend, Michelle DeRoos. Michelle is a native Idahoan. She received her bachelor's in business administration at Boise State University and then studied abroad in France. When she came back home, she married her college sweetheart. Michelle had a beautiful son and her career was taking off. Michelle really believed she had manifested her happily ever after. However, she was eventually blindsided with the infidelity of her husband and then the cloak of a deep depression. Not knowing where to turn, she voraciously read and sought counseling. After several wrong turns on her healing path, she set the strong intention to go even deeper in her spiritual connection. Michelle believes her commitment and perseverance to finding truth, along with the loving support of family, friends, and professionals, was the saving grace and the catalyst for true transformation in her life. Today, Michelle is a successful real estate agent, a fitness instructor, and the author of an amazing book, called Daring to Choose, Gaining Momentum from Your Darkest Days. Her book is really a guide where she authentically shares her healing path along with exercises and helpful proven strategies that has supported her and other women to emerge from their darkest days and place both feet solidly on the path of hope, joy, faith, and inspiration. So Michelle, I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you here today. Tammy, thank you. I just, um, you know, thank you for the invitation. And I really, I look forward to our conversation. Yes, I just have to say, I am so proud of you. This book is so powerful, so clear, and I think can really help anyone whose intention is sincere to heal from heartbreak. So can you tell me a little bit about your backstory and how this book came into being? Well, Tammy, that's kind of funny that you asked because you were definitely um, a person that kind of enlightened me in, sh- in starting that path. So uh, in 2011, um, I actually, you know, hired you, as you know, as a life coach, kind of looking at how I'm going to unfold the second half of my life. And through our through our conversations, you know, you, you said, Michelle, you have a story to tell. And I had never really thought about that more in depth of, you know, do I write a book? It was just that I felt um, I had been given the opportunities of meeting with women or even with men that maybe were going through some challenging moments in their life and, and throwing out questions to them to saying, hey, have you considered maybe looking at it this way? And 
what I was faced or what I was amazed by is a lot of the responses were, gosh, I never even thought about that. That just feels so good. That feels more empowering. That makes me feel like I, I can move forward instead of just, st- you know, sitting in the drudgery. And, you know, you then encouraged me to to submit a story to change one belief. And, and you can maybe share more with your, the audience on that. And it, the story was accepted. And, you know, I, I really, and if I haven't said this before, I just really want to thank you because with that, you know, you said, Michelle, I want you to just take a look at what happens because I think you have more of a story to tell and a bigger audience to reach. And I want you to look at how things unfold in the next couple months. Well, here's here's how it unfolded. You know, after you and I had a couple sessions, um, I ended up meeting a colleague who had written a book. And so I said, okay, let's go to lunch. We talked about the whole process. He said, you know, I'd like to introduce you to my publisher. Met with a publisher who I happened to actually have known growing up here in Boise. And uh, met with her a couple times. At first, I thought maybe there was a little bit of a disconnect in our story. But the, by the second time we, we met, um, we envisioned the story and the book the exact same way. And that was the whole process of daring to choose. So powerful. I mean, there's so much in what you shared right there. And that I was any part of, of supporting you and in, in relaxing into your confidence and taking that one step. And yes, Change One Belief was an amazing book. Um, Bob Burnham uh, asked me to participate. And I know a lot of amazing people, you among them. We had Vanna White submit a story, Lorenzo Lamas, a lot of my good friends that had stories about how changing one belief in your life changed your life in a positive and powerful way. Sometimes it takes just that changing your mind about that one thing, placing your foot on that one step, heading a different direction, and then being met with the synchronicity and helping us cultivate our confidence. It can really um, set us on a path going a very di- different direction in our lives. Absolutely. It was interesting. I, I uh, extended that invitation to a lot of people and you immediately said yes. You immediately submitted a story to me. And it's interesting when you when you extend invitations, who shows up and who doesn't, because it does take a lot of courage. And you were so courageous through the process of, of just the coaching and the writing. And you wrote that book so fast. I've never seen anything like it. What was it, like six months or something? Well, you know, actually, uh, so the publisher was actually having a summer's author program. And so we met on a weekly basis and basically stepped us through the beginning to the end of a book. And what I found is that I didn't feel alone. I felt really encouraged. And, you know, for me, I, I am an extrovert and I do like to be around people. I still like my quiet time. Um, but I felt there was a lot of camaraderie and a lot of coaching and a lot of encouragement too. Because, Tammy, to be really honest, I, 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 there was the bucket to write a story was not on my bucket list. <laughs> it really wasn't. Now, what's my, my bucket list is that I always want to encourage and always want to help and, you know, want to be a, a vehicle of God's love. But it was not to write a story. You know, it was more about, well, I want to go to Belize and I want to go to, you know, uh, <laughs> Brazil and I want to go to, you know, play France again and, and things like that. And what I found through this is I really did feel inspired. I felt encouraged and the process at times was very hard, but the challenge was really, I, I did really feel like it was, it was inspired. And, um, 
So it was me holding my hands open and saying, yes, yes, I will be coachable. Yes, I will be, um, learn from this. And yes, I will trust God. And you really went for it. And I have to say, reading your book, it, it clearly was inspired. It was just, just, I ended up participating in it and doing some of the exercises and I just felt goosebumps constantly washing over me. I felt uh, this is such a powerful, powerful book. And I think, again, if anybody is hurting, picking up your book and, and saying yes to the healing journey and just putting your feet in the water, it's like, it's like riding a wave. And by the end of the book, it's like you have been transformed. And uh, there's something on the page, on page 18 that you write that I just absolutely love. You have to dare to choose to heal from the inside out, to face any obstacles you face, no matter how hard it is. Choice is an act of faith, taking the small steps and trusting that it is going to take us deeper into an understanding of ourselves and a deeper compassion for others who are hurting as well. Absolutely. (sighs) So powerful. And to me, when I read this, it sounds like making that choice to get over being a victim of your life and start becoming the victor. It's like uh, changing your, um, the direction of your thoughts from not just allowing your circumstances to keep you down to saying, you know what, I'm going to get over this and I'm going to go a different direction, a more empowered direction, a, a more positive direction. Would you say that is, um, was your intention? Is that accurate? Yeah, I absolutely think so. I think that um, because it was, it was so, um, you know, my life growing up was pretty much a, a, not a fairy tale by any means, but it was just a very healthy, loving family. And so to, to have something in my life that I felt was so blindsided and so um, dishonest, and then to actually see how my body responded into a depression and, and then the, you know, kind of the unfolding of the circumstances that depression brings, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so young. I, I can't go through life combating this the way I feel. So, you know, the thought of, of ending it was definitely there for me. And because I had not experienced anything that really hurt that deep. And at that point, I thought, you know what? No, I, I, I just, there was something in that me said, you know what? I cannot give up. This is just, it's, I know that there is a God. I know that there is a God that loves me. I don't know, you know, as early on, um, I I, I felt that. I felt his presence. And I thought, okay, if this is how, you know, I'm having to face this, what does that mean? So my first step was really getting on my knees. And you said that earlier on. It's, It's getting on your knees and saying, okay, I give up. I don't know what to do. I I can't control this. This hurts so bad. What do I do next? And I think it's it's the every day and the every moment. And and I have to admit, it feels like such a long time ago that it almost feels surreal that it never really happened. And that's the healing. When I was in it, I would say it wasn't a daily choice. It was a moment by moment choice of saying, okay, I'm going to trust that I'm going to get through this by love, by grace by whatever. And sometimes it was reaching out to books or, or things that 
that didn't support me or support healthy uh, choices. But the more that I asked God to actually reveal people and professionals and books that that could help me learn and understand the depression part and how what what does depression cause from, the more I felt stronger and stronger every day. And so, you know, I, I, I don't want to minimize or or let the listeners think that it happens overnight. It doesn't. It takes time and it takes years. And the fun part now is to say, oh my gosh, I would never experience that. If that, if that were to happen again to me, it would look very different today and how my body responds. Yeah, yeah you, you definitely... Oh, sure. Absolutely. You've acquired the tools and, and you talk about something I think that is so powerful. And to me, it really does boil down to this. Um, you talk about eradicating the weed of self-doubt. And it seems like as you tell your story, that betrayal made you doubt yourself. It separated you from just the easy, natural confidence you had growing up and, and that easy you know, self-acceptance you had. It made you start to doubt yourself. And I think when we start doubting ourselves is where we abandon ourselves and feel abandoned from God. So it's so painful. And I know for me, you know, I also struggle with depression. That was probably at the core of it right there. Doubting myself, not liking myself, not loving myself, abandoning myself and believing God had abandoned me. And, and Tammy, don't you think sometimes, I think it's also that we've put or, or our worthiness, we've given it over to someone else oh, and, yes. it, and whatever the response is, that makes us worthy. And I yes. think that that was the flashlight or the big red flare for me to say, wait a minute, who I am is not based on what my husband thinks of me mm-hmm. or feels for me. You know, my depression is nothing doesn't mean that's who I am. And so when we turn our eyes and turn our heart back to the creator, then I think that's where total healing really begins because it's not conditional. We don't have to do X to get God's love. We don't have to do Y in order to, you know, get something we want. All we have to do is Ask, trust, and receive. It sounds so simple, but it's, it's it can not. be so hard. <laughs> it can be so hard. And I really think, you know, there is such a gift to being brought to our knees because that is when we really open um, our hearts and minds to that relationship with that something greater. You have another quote that I just love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I really think if we accepted, remembered, and believed this on a daily basis, our lives would shift immediately and we'd experience more support and more miracles. You know, absolutely. And I think that, so flashing back, you know, X a number of years, I didn't know if I could really believe that. And then Mm -hmm. in 2011, when you encouraged me to say, hey, you know, would you consider just submitting an article, I had learned enough to say, if I'm in a healthy relationships with people, I can turn my hands over and I can receive grace graciously and trust the process. And at any moment in time, I can turn my hands over and not accept. And, and, and 
that was a huge, I guess, a really huge learning response for me to say, wow, I've come a long way in being able to learn to love myself, allow God's love in. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think sometimes we, we know God loves us, but we don't know how to receive the God's love because we think it's so great that, oh my gosh, God may ask us to do things that we are just uncomfortable with. And now I know, no, no I won't. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He's only going to give us what we can handle at that time. And way back, you know, when I was going through this, my biggest uh, scripture or my, and my mantra was, be still and know I'm God. Be still and know I'm God. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was very, very powerful back then to really trust, be still, and believe. If God has our back, God really has our back. Yeah, it, it, to me, it really is about that. I mean, where I'm at in my life right now, it really has all been about cultivating that loving, faithful relationship with God. Everything else is just, I mean, everything else is superfluous and, and it, nothing else. I don't have to take anything else so seriously, you know, despite anything that anybody's saying about me or to me, it doesn't um, dilute God's love for me. And I finally believe that. I finally know that I can reside in this place of just immense faith and unconditional love from a source that is perfect because people are imperfect. People see you through their own distorted prescription lenses, you know? Um, So we can't take that personally. And gosh, I used to, I I used to be such a people pleaser. And if somebody didn't approve of me, I would just withdraw my own approval from myself. And that I think is the most painful thing that there is. Well, yeah. And, and you know what, we will, we will be combated that with that on daily, you know, daily trials and tribulations all the time. So I think you're right. It's, it's the first challenging is to really love ourselves the way God loves us. And that isn't going to be, that isn't going to happen a hundred percent of the time, but trusting that God loves us completely and wholly for who we are um, that's the first step. You know, he, he gives us a spirit of, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't give us a spirit of timidity, but he gives us a spirit of power of love and self-discipline. And so those are the things that we can trust. We can trust. God loves me, me as much as he loves you. So if I trust that, then I know that I can have a healthy and wonderful relationship with you without my distorted lenses, as you say. Absolutely. So often, you know, I'll deal with clients or couples and it's like, well, I don't trust this person. And I'm like, it's not about them. Do you trust yourself? Do you trust source or spirit or God? However, you want to define that, that something greater. And once you have that, it feels like we can be more discerning in our relationships with others. We're more intuitive. Um, We're more whole. We don't make it about them anymore. Right. And, and it's like, even if they do something, lie or betray us, we don't step out of that connection with that something greater. And as you said earlier in the show, maybe it hurts, maybe this, maybe that. But again, I really believe it boils down to this. Our pain, our greatest pain doesn't come from somebody else abandoning us. It comes from abandoning ourselves. Yeah. And believing or maybe believing the lie that God has abandoned us yes, and absolutely. doesn't love us. Absolutely. That's the greatest pain of all. Um, you know, one of my teachers said something so 
uh, profound. I couldn't uh, assimilate it at the time, but now I know it's true. All of our pain, all of our pain comes from the perception, mistaken perception that we are separated from God's love. That was a big um, concept to swallow at that point in my life. And I, I didn't necessarily buy into it wholeheartedly when I heard it. But I have to admit, every time I felt like I was in pain after that, I would ask myself, do I feel connected to God? Mm -hmm. Do I feel God's love right now? And it was always no. So that became my priority and touchstone, just to keep connecting with source, you know, and it used to be, and I wonder if you can relate to this, I would have to experience something disillusioning or painful in my life to fall to my knees oh, and invite God in. And then... It yeah. got to the point where it's like, and Marianne Williamson said this, why don't I just stay on my knees? So you know, you, <laughs> I, I'm laughing I don't leave my bed without so getting relate. on my knees, you know, say, God, I'm my hands out. I'm reaching towards you. And I have to say, Michelle, you know, I've known you for a little while. You are one of the most consistently faithful people I have ever met. And I just really am inspired and admire and respect that so much, so much. Well, thank you. It's, you know, it's, um, you know, I don't want to delude the listeners. It, it's a daily, it's a daily, yes, uh, daily. walk. Mm-hmm, it's a daily. daily walk. I'm a strong person and a strong personality. And so, you know, I love to say, oh, let me try it this way. And I'm forever humbled going, well, I no, that's not really what I want you to do, Michelle. I want you to do this. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when, when I find, like Marianne Williamson says, <sighs> It was easy for me to give God the big thing because it was so, it hurts so bad. I didn't know what to do. When you're faced with depression, you're at a standstill. You know, you don't want to get out of bed. You don't know what the next move is. What I found is that as things have gone on, it is now easier to give God the little things. And I find so much more joy. And I see the synchronicity of the day unfolding in in a way that is less stress. It's stress-free, which helps, you know, my body. I can be joyful in it. I can have moments where you have these incredible uh, conversations with people that are mutually encouraging, or or maybe it's just one-sided. It, it, it just feels so much more alive, feels so much more present, and it, it's joyful. It's mm-hmm. totally joyful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as you'd mentioned, you know, it... it um... It's great when we get here, but it takes some work. It's climbing a mountain. And I think something you talk about in your book that I think is such a vital piece of the piece of the puzzle is the quality of forgiveness. Mm. Gosh, that can be hard when we feel we've been done wrong. Well, I think forgiveness is a huge one, Tammy. Um, and I think that, you know, logically we can say, oh, you know, I can forgive somebody that they cut me off on my road, on the road. You know, I can do that. But then we have this incident in the bombs, you know, the Boston Marathon where the bombings happened or 9-11 or, you know, things that are so horrific. Logically, it's, it's like, really, I can't forgive. And really, we're, we're, we're called to forgive. We're not called to condone. We're not called that we, we don't take action against the perpetrators, but we are called to forgive because forgiving is really an internal act. It's an internal act knowing that the seeds of um, not forgiving go deep. They are deep-rooted, 
and they also extend out into your relationships all around you. And so the, the thing that you least want is going to happen, and that's relationships that don't work, a hard heart, um, not experiencing joy, hard to love. I mean, those are the actual consequences of not forgiving. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel like it's know, a toxic, I, yeah, the, the, the judgment is like this toxic energy that's only going to infect your own soul, your own psyche. You know, it's not going to affect anybody else. And I, I just think it's so powerful. You, you wrote something about forgiveness that I hadn't seen anywhere else. You say, I don't think forgiveness can be done alone. It's a supernatural occurrence when we make the choice and ask God to help us. Right. And, oh my gosh, it's so powerful. I was thinking about how that really looks. You know, on a day-to-day basis, um, I, you know, way back when I, I could say, how did that really, really look? Well. Every day I'd say, okay, I'm going to choose to forgive. I don't know how that looks. I don't know if I can really even feel it. But really asking God, allow me to forgive. Allow me to love again. Allow me to trust men again. Allow me to look at my own things that I need to work on and be responsible. And I think the more you ask that, and it it almost, well, it, it feels like a, very purposeful, right? It feels uncomfortable because it is so purposeful. And then at one moment you get up and you realize that you've forgiven. It no I longer feel better. No longer, I feel good. Yeah, I feel better. <laughs> it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to write with my left hand and I'm really right-handed. You know, all yeah, of a sudden It just takes go, that willingness. Oh. It just takes that invitation. And, it, and with a little practice, it becomes natural. Absolutely. All right, honey. I love you so much, and I love my listeners. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Michelle is going to share with us her powerful four-step exercise to shift us from being stuck where we are and start moving us the direction we really want to go. So hang on. We'll be right back with Michelle DeRusse. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day, and do you want a good hairstyle every day? Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called inventnow.org. And after that, I decided to invent something, too. Something called the Insta-Do. Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side. And you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's this helmet thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Hey, Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. This coffee tastes like uh, coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What newspaper? This newspaper. Oh, dude. What happened to your face? I see one, two, three, four, five, six. Dude, what is this? Eleven pieces of toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. That's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude. 
There's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. A message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. It's always nice to come home, but these days, many Americans are at risk of foreclosure and losing their homes. Fortunately, help is available. Making Home Affordable is a free program from the U.S. government that has already helped over a million struggling homeowners, and we want to help you. I'm home, I'm home, and I love it, I'm home, I'm home. Find out now what your options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE. The sooner you act, the better chance we can help you. I'm home, I'm home, where I be. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now, back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. My beautiful friends, I'm so honored to be spending some time with you here today on Journey to Center. Um, we're spending some really amazing time with my good friend and colleague, um, Michelle DeBruce. She wrote an amazing book called Daring to Choose, Gaining Momentum from Your Darkest Days. So yeah, Michelle, you know, sometimes I think when we're hurting so deeply and we feel so disempowered, we don't believe we have choice. We're a victim of our circumstance. We don't believe we have choice. But you say, um, no matter how bad things are, no matter how dark things seem, we always have choice available to us. Is that right? That's it. We have choices. We have choices whether, you know, we uh, get up in the morning, what we're going to wear, what route we're going to take to work, um, if we're going to be on time or if we're going to be late. And we have, most of all, we have the choice of what our attitude is going to be. And I think that is the one of the biggest keys. So whatever obstacle we're facing or circumstance that we don't have a cho- choice of receiving in our lives or hitting us in our lives, we do a cho- have a choice of how we're going to handle it. Yeah, I know. Just reflecting back on my dark days and feeling so depressed, people like, you know, just change your mind about it, feel better. And it's like, it didn't feel like I could, but you talk about something that I think is really so vital, so pivotal. It's just making the choice, invite God in, making the choice to open our minds to the possibility of forgiveness, the possibility of healing. And I think once we just open our minds intellectually to it, people can show up, situations can show up, winks from the universe can show up that can take us a different direction. And That's the healing it. can begin. And is that how you say we can start to get unstuck? Or do you have some suggestions for that? Well, you know, it depends on, you know, where the listener is or, or where we all are, right? If we're really, really stuck and, you know, you're facing, and, and I do have to address this. I mean, if, you, if the listener, if, if you're in a moment where you can't get out of bed and you're not thinking about even keeping your life, then I trust that you are loved by a creator that is amazing and 
and has a purpose in your life and go seek help because there's help out there for you. Now, I'm going to go from there, though, and say all of us, we will go in and out of situations that we feel stuck in. And, you know, you may, we may choose to have an internal dialogue where there's a lot more victimhood in it. And the, the more we choose to say, okay, why am I feeling this way? Do I want, how long do I want to stay here? And what are the possibilities? You know, first, you may not be able to see the possibilities. So I encourage people to say, okay, then who are the people that are in your life? And it may not be your, your family members. It may be people that are colleagues or a really creative, artsy person who can imagine things outside of the box. To sit down and say, okay, here's my circumstance. What are the possibilities in my life? And, and hearing it from someone else. And then all of a sudden you go, well, that resonates with me. That resonates with right. me. Right. And, and then you go, okay, I'm going to explore those things. And the more you explore and the more, again, you think about, okay, I'm going to imagine a better story. I'm going to write a creative story of how I want my life to go from there. And then the next question is, or the next step is saying, okay, God, I don't know if that's where you want me to go, but it sounds better than where I am. Will you come in and show me? Will you guide me? Will you make my steps straight? And, and then I really think that you need to declare your value or declare that you know and trust that God is there for you. And it may be as simple as saying, be still and know I'm God, to as you get stronger and stronger to be able to say, I am um, happy and content. I'm making good choices. And, and even though you, maybe your choices aren't very good right now, your intention is, I am making good choices. Mm-hmm. And you're consciously asking God to give you those choices and to give you wisdom to make great choices. And I believe that that happens. You're learning new habits, and it takes time for habits to manifest. Yeah, it's like going to the gym. It's like getting that muscle stronger. So I really want to review this again, because this I found so helpful and in, in you know, even in my life, the four-step process starts with contemplating your story, just contemplating where you're at. And I found it can be just really helpful to, to write it down. Right. Contemplate well, your story. So. Write down where you're at right now. And you don't have to sugarcoat it. It's what you feel. It's where you are right now. Is exactly. that right? That's exactly right. And, and um, you... For some people, it may not be writing it down. Then you may share it. Mm-hmm. What I encourage people is don't overshare it. Just share it for <laughs> what it is. Because, again, that's part of victimhood is oversharing it, oversharing it, and oversharing it. Tell the story. You may gain some clarity. Then journal or journal and then share. But yeah, you bring up a that- really good point. If somebody doesn't want to write it down, you could... Um, ask somebody to sit with you and help you with the four-step process because I don't sure. think we heal alone. We need to be reflected back to and be discerning about that. Surround yourself with people that see the best in you. And if you want to do this four-step process, find somebody that you trust, that you know um, loves you and that is willing to hold your hand through this process. So the four-step process is telling your story, contemplating your story, where it's at, and then the second step is imagine a better story. What would you prefer this to look like? Where would you like this to go? Can you, can you talk more about imagining a better story, Michelle? Sure. You know, and it's so 
So in my circumstances, you know, my, initially my better story is that I wanted my marriage to survive. Okay. I imagined that we were communicating, that we were both sharing where we were and why we were stuck and that our, our commitment was to move forward. Okay. Now, as it unfolded, it didn't survive. And, and there's a variety of reasons for that. What I encourage listeners to do, how you envision the story may not be actually how the story happens. May but not when be you trust, for your highest good. Yes, the way you exactly. think it should be. Mm-hmm. When you trust, right? I mean, first of all, you're looking at possibilities. And, you're, and then you're giving it over to God. So that you almost have to say that those two steps are kind of intertwined. You know, because you're imagining a better story. You're giving it and over to God. And number three is like inviting God into your story or surrendering it to God is another way I exactly. would. Exactly. So mm-hmm. remember, I mean, if God has a better story and you're asking God to direct you, then he may have a better story than you can even ever imagine. Yes. To I me, this is important. really about um, surrendering our attachment to how something looks. This is, I'll say, God, this is my preference. Imagining the story looking this way. This is my preference, but not be so attached to it that you're holding it with a clenched fist. It's like, this is what I think would be for my highest good, but maybe you know better than I do. So I surrender it to you and I'm relaxed in that place knowing that it's going to reveal something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and, And what I was amazed in is when you did that, or when I, when I did that is that I was peaceful through the process. Yes. And so now, okay, you're in a work situation that you, you know, two colleagues or you're just, you know, one has one opinion and you have another opinion and, you know, you can't really vote. You got to figure it out. And so you envision, you know, maybe you envision collaboration, you envision compromise, and you envision that this, this process unfolds, that it would be the best, the best outcome for the company or for, you know, your client whatever it may be, you're envisioning that better story. And then you're inviting God in. You don't know whose hearts God's having to change. Is it your heart? Because you're so, you know, stuck in having it your way? Or is it your colleague's heart? Or is it a combination of both? Or is it your client that they, you know, are, are wanting a little bit more direction and they give a little more feedback and then it, all the pieces fall in? And, and that, that is just, it's letting go. And trusting that, you know what, the best outcome is going to happen. Yeah, it's about just um, relaxing and having just this faith, this immense faith that it's in God's hands and what better place could it be? And it's going gonna, it's gonna to reveal itself however it's supposed to for your highest good and the highest good of all concerned. You can really relax and trust that. You know, I, I have people sometimes build a God box put all their problems in it, all their desires, anything and everything that's hurting them or that they want, give it over to God, relax, and know you're going to start getting the signs. You're going to start getting direction because you've asked God to hold your hand and start co-creating with you. Wow, does life feel different from that perspective? You know, Tammy, you were the first one that told me about that God box. And I love, I love that visual. And since then, since that you've told me this story, I've actually had people come up and go, see my God box, and they haven't <laughs> decorated it, you know, or somebody said they had a God jar, and, you know, and he writes down what he needs to go, get over and put it in the jar, and he, you know, it's like a good old mason jar, and I've laughed because I thought, 
oh my word, that is that is such. Sometimes you need the visual. Well, I think our subconscious to... mind really likes symbolism and visual visualizations, and something sometimes tangible can really um, support our psyches in just getting it. Rather than leaving it in the realm of imagination, to ground it physically in the world does something because you know we're all abundant, we're all loved in in the um, ethereal realms. But what we want, I think most of us want, is to have that tangible experience, that grounded experience on planet Earth. We want the oh. finances, we want the loving relationships, we want it grounded in physical world reality. So to do something like the God Box, ground it in physical world reality, or journal about it, it does something as far as putting the roots down in, into this physical world reality experience. Or letting it go, right? So you actually created um, a tool and you so graciously let me use it in my book because it, it helped me as well as that when you can actually imagine a person you need to forgive, that you have this wonderful gold ribbon, you know, attaching yourself and actually imagining that somebody's cutting it. And when you see that, you, it, you know, you see that ribbon falling, right? You see that beautiful ribbon falling and it doesn't seem so harsh. It doesn't seem so, um, it just seems like it's graciously, you can let it go. And that was a powerful tool. I, I really thought for when you really have to imagine letting go and forgiving somebody that's been in your life for a very, very long time and, and, and it's hard to let go. It is hard. And it, to me, doing that visualization to ask either your soul or your higher self or your guardian angel um, to, to be the one to help you disconnect in this unhealthy way, help you cut those tangled up cords. They can be cords or ribbons to cut those ties and then put, to me, I like imagining putting a bubble around me and a bubble around them of healing protection and of boundaries and um, releasing them for their highest good and for our highest good. And, I like you know, that visual. Yeah, it's very, to me, it's very helpful. Um, it supports us. For me, it supported me in releasing those that I was still tangled up with that had judgments about, you know, they've abandoned me, they're bad, they did this and that to me. But once I really um, disconnected from that, asked God to help me forgive, bless them, release them, put a bubble around me. You know, I started attracting a lot of amazing people in my life, but it was, it was like, you know, when you're looking so long at the door that's closed, you don't notice all the other doors that are open oh. around you. Yeah, you know, I envisioned um, a big, huge shield probably going from my feet feet over my head. Now that shield is a little bit smaller, and, and all it covers is my heart, you know, and my chest. So it, it's amazing where, where the visual, you know, used to be so large and so big, and now it's so small, and it's just really, really you know, protecting those things that are really vital. They're my vital organs. And and now I can, you know, look. And like you said, you know, I can see above that shield and I can see which doors are open. And I can actually lead with that shield a little bit um, into each of the, each any door I want, knowing that I'm going to protect myself, that I have healthy boundaries, that I, I, I hope and trust that I'll be able to, know what's good for me and what's not good for me. Mm. You know, something I love in what you're saying right there, it's like you 
know your value. You're confident in your value. You claim your value. Sometimes I think when we're hurting, it takes practice starting to claim our value. And that's the fourth step in your four-step process. Contemplate your story, imagine a better story, invite God in, and then declare your value. And it, and for me, it was sort of like for a while I had to fake it until I made it, you know? Oh, you're, yes. And that is, I'm, you know, it's using the words, I am not, I will, or I'm going to, or I, I'm trying this. No, it's, I am wise. I make good choices. I have great relationships. Um, I am loving and confident and compassionate with those people around me. I, you know, I forgive unconditionally. I love, you know, compassionately. And, you know, I, when you say I am and act as if it's already has happened, the more you say it, your, your, your mind will respond and your body will follow. And so that's really important. And there's been a lot of, you know, studies like with neuro-linguistic programming that it, it really, we are machines in some way. So when we make positive statements in the present, things happen. Things happen with our body that all of a sudden you'll believe it and, and you will see it happen in your life. It's, it's true. It's, it's simple, but it's not always easy. No, that is just the the truth, and it's a matter of just remembering it or practicing it when 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 we don't feel good. And I also think, Tammy, it, it, especially where you are in your life, wherever the circumstances is, I think it's really important to really look at the people in your life and who is surrounding you. At times, it's really important that you may have relationships that no longer serve you. you or serve mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. Um, because what you find is they, they meaning, um, maybe want to keep you in that victimhood because it's comfortable. It, it, you know, they understand it. They know how to react to you. They know how to respond to you. And if you want to move forward and and be released from victimhood and also forgive, then sometimes you have to make choices. To not sometimes you do have to make choices with people that expect you to say, "I am compassionate. I am making wise choices." And when you say something different, they will come back at you and say, "Wow, that, that doesn't sound like you." You know, how can you say that differently? How can you say it so you feel stronger and more in control of your situation? And you know, you haven't invited God in. How can you state that same thing, inviting God in? and believing that God has done that already in your life. And, and the more that you do that, I think the more that you, you feel love and those healthier boundaries also get stronger. So you're right. The fourth step is declaring your value. And it's important to say those, you know, on a daily basis. And sometimes you might have to record them or you can actually, you know, look on the internet. There's a lot of um, internal I am statements or affirmations that mm-hmm. you can put on over and over again to help you with that. Yeah, I've, I've done this thing where I've written them on sticky notes, put them by my mirror, my refrigerator to remind myself, to remind myself. Um, I've actually looked in the mirror into my own eyes and said some of the things that I wanted to claim as my I am statements. And that was a little strange and uncomfortable at first. But now 
It's not. I can look at myself and go, wow, you're really cute. <laughs> I really <laughs> like you. <laughs> you know, it's not so strange anymore. It's a, it's a weird habit at first, but then you get used to it. And it's like, I think cultivating affection for ourselves is really what transforms our life. It's as simple as that. Well, and also, not only does it transform our lives, Tammy, it transforms the lives of people around us. You find that you are encouraging, you know, other people, that you expect the best from other people, and you love people. Um, Yes. You know, you meet them where they are because you're more loving. That's so true. Once you're comfortable in your own skin because you like yourself and you love yourself, you have affection for yourself... It's interesting how people respond to that. I got a lovely compliment the other day from a girl I was speaking with, and she's like, there's something about you that's very comforting. And I don't know what it is, but I think that was what she was sensing. I'm just comfortable in my skin. I like myself. So then I'm able just to be in my heart space and my loving when I connect with others. And well, um, you said something right there, Tammy, that was key. You said, I can be. Mm. That, I mean, really, that's it. I can be. You know, when you're in your in your true spot, you can be, just be. Mm-hmm. And you can meet that person wherever they are. That's just a very relaxed space to be in. I know I read something years ago about how there are certain people that are vibrating at such a high frequency that when they walk into a room, things shift. And it's not because of anything they say or anything they do. It's simply because of who they are. And what I've come to understand, it's these people that are just really aligned with God, with their heart and relaxed in themselves. They know who they are, which is God. And they know that everyone is. And boy, that's just the best feeling. And I thought to myself, and this is back back when I was struggling in my relationship and liking myself, that I want to grow up and be that person. And um, that's my intention, just to like myself, love myself, unconditionally so that I can really meet others in that space of, of genuine and unconditional affection. Gosh, it feels good because I think that's what we all want, whether we know it or not, is just to connect at the soul level. Well, yeah, and soul level and knowing that God made me just the way he wanted to make, make me yes. with my yes. gifts and my talents where they are. And so that when I can be in a relaxed state, I can give those talents freely comfortably and and the person receiving them will get the most from them yeah and you're not attached to people reflecting you back to yourself in any particular way and if they reflect you back back to you in a way that's not kind you just don't you just don't spend time there you know i used to spend time there and try to convince them no i'm really a nice person you know and one of my teachers (laughs) said to me your biggest problem is you want everybody to like you i'm like well is that bad she goes it's just none of your business so now I don't, oh, wow. I don't try to convince anybody of anything. I just like myself and I go where people are kind to me and I'm kind to them. And gosh, life's so much sweeter and easier. <laughs> I, I love that. It's none of your business. That's really, it's like, wow. That was confusing. That was, kind of a, that was that really was insightful. You know, Don Miguel Ruiz says that in his book, The Four Agreements. One, the one that hit me the most profoundly and the deepest was, um, don't take anything personally. I took everything me too. so Tammy, when I read that ba- book, mm-hmm. I say that part over and over again. And my mom was probably the biggest um, teacher of that. When I would hear other people say a comment about somebody walking down the street, oh, well, you know, she looks like she has t- she's too big for her britches. My mom would always say, you don't, you don't know what's happened in that person's life that day. 
Nice. You have no idea. And so I find myself understanding that and, and, and going to those words on a daily basis. But when they affect me, when they've hurt my feelings, then, you know, my story shifts, right? So now when he wrote that, I went, you're absolutely right. You don't know where that person's walked. So when I give it over to God, God knows where they've walked that day. Right. Right. God knows where I've walked that day. And so if I'm in a good spot and giving that day over to God, then I can meet that person wherever they are. That's so true. You know, that's so profound. I feel like if we're in a good spot with ourselves and with spirit, we can just be in our compassion because everybody, everybody, everybody has a story that would break your heart. Everybody has experienced pain. You know, everybody, this human journey, I don't care who you are, is a rough gig. Nobody gets out of this without feeling pain. And if we're seeing uh, behavior or anything that we find unattractive in another, it's ultimately, I think, something that deserves compassion. Mm. You know, and yes. you brought up such a good point in the beginning of the show, like with the, the, the people, you know, that were doing the bombings with the, um, the race. And I mean, even Jody Arias or whatever. It's like, if you go deep enough, these people deserve compassion because they're hurting. You don't behave that way if you're not hurting. And that doesn't mean you get all the freedoms and liberties and, you know, um, blessings of, of being, you know, on the streets and free, but they deserve compassion, I believe. Well, but and the one that step is better to than judging. It's the people that are on the ground who have lost loved ones. They need the most compassion and love. And so, oh, if yes. you're in a state of unforgiveness, how how can you not meet them in love? I mean, it's really hard. And so, uh, that's what I, I keep. Uh, you know, I'm still learning, and I'm still growing, and I'm still experiencing, and, and still trusting God. That God, you, you know, teach me to grow every day, how I can meet people right where they are and give them or encourage them wherever they are and where you want them to go. And, you know, I had um, an interesting situation where uh, I was going through my business. I had a little debacle that really put me in that. I wasn't, I was taking something personally. And so I, you know, I, I thought, okay, I can stay in this mode for a week or I can shift out, it, shift out of this within 24 hours. What's my choice? Right. So I chose to call a coach, um, a business coach of mine and said, can we work through this? I, I, I have 10 minutes and I want to work through this. <laughs> and the first thing out of his mouth is he said, what does your book say? <laughs> he goes, what would you tell your, you know, your so readers? So wise. And I, so wise. I started Bring it laughing. back to basics. Yes. I started laughing and I said, oh boy. Okay, well, I'll just go back and read a couple chapters that, that I've already learned and why am I relearning it? And, you know, that's, that's what truly life is, right? Yeah, we it is. It's we get to relearn and yes. we get to be better at it. And the more we practice at it, we'll, we'll go through it quicker. That's very, very true. So, Michelle, we only have like a minute left here. I just think you're amazing. And I know the people that are hanging out with us are thinking, how do I get more Michelle? How do I get her book? So can you, can you share that information with us? Well, you can either go daringtochoose.com. And remember, choose is C-H-O-O-S-E, daringtochoose.com. You can also go to amazon.com. And I would really encourage, go into Daring to Choose or, you know, go through books on Amazon and then put in Daring to Choose. It doesn't seem to go very well with my last name since people spell my last name a variety of ways. Or you can go to alohapublishing.com. 
perfect. Such a good book and so much wisdom there. So, so powerful. Bringing it back to the basics. Okay, Michelle, this has been the fastest hour of my life. I love you with my whole heart. And um, my listeners, I'm just so honored that you spend time with us. You know, this wouldn't be any fun if it was, you know, not connecting with you. So if you want to get a hold of me, please go to my TammyBPhD.com. You can write to me at TammyBPhD at gmail.com or come to me on Facebook. I love connecting with my friends on Facebook there. So share your thoughts, your feelings, what's going on in your life. You got any show ideas, any suggestions? Just love to connect with you. That's what this is about. So take care of yourselves. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brent Carey. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Michelle. Onward and upward. Bye for now.